Hey everybody, this is Corey with Flip Connect. I am your host of the show and we're going to be talking about 2018 and 2019. I am wrapping up my series today for the Great Recession Success. It was a, I guess it was probably a 19 part series. Wow. So I just basically talked about this whole period of time. It's really an exploration for me learning how to podcast, how to record my voice. I've always had issues with recording my voice. I just don't like it. Uh, I get self-conscious about it. I think that uh, I sound too young. I am 44 years old, but you know, when I get stressed out, my voice goes higher and I feel... Anyway, whatever. So we went through this whole process and I'm still uncomfortable, but I'm doing it anyway. So right now, this is podcast 19 of my Great Recession. I'm going to be covering the years of 2018 and 2019. Now you may say, Corey, why are you talking about something 10, 11 years after the recession? Well, it was really my learning experience. This is how long it has taken me to get to the point where I feel comfortable enough to get out there and share what, I'm, what I've learned share how I can help other people, start consulting on a regular basis. In the past, I've, I've trained people since the beginning, but it was always people that already knew me, already knew my track record. I didn't have to sell them. They believed in me already, and I taught them what I knew, and it was, it was a good thing. Now, I'm talking to Phantom Air. I'm talking to whoever's willing to listen, and it's kind of nerve-wracking. You try it. It's, a, it, it's tough. But here we are. So 2018, 2019, wrapping up my series. 2000, well, 2017, 2013, 14 to 17, I've already talked about in great detail. 2018, not much different has occurred. However, there are things that come up from your past that need to be addressed. And one of them is a property that I bought in 2011. It is my wife's dream home. It was a great property, big property on a very nice street, nice neighborhood, very well built house, almost 4,000 square feet, just beautiful place, beautiful pool. Everything is beautiful. It's a nice, nice place. Nicest place I've ever owned. And I bought it with two house down payment. So essentially no money out of pocket, actually zero money out of pocket. The seller paid for all the closing costs, covered everything, gave me a loan, a very good low interest rate loan that is comparable to what you can get with a perfect FICO score. And at that time I renegotiated on the second property. Well, let me go, let me step back. So I bought the property and I gave him a down payment. The down payment was another property that I already owned free and clear. This is one out uh, near Houston and it was a property I bought in California. As a matter of fact, I, I went through the uh, bidding process while I was in Panama on vacation and it was spotty internet, but you know, I had an agent and we went through that process of uh, foreclosure, post foreclosure acquisition and we got the property for a good price I already had tenants in place which were the original owners i believe and they paid rent 
until the time I sold the property as a down payment to purchase my new home. So I put about $71,000, a little over, a little more than that, into that property. That's how much I bought it for. I did some minor improvements to the property, I put maybe a couple thousand dollars, I don't remember the exact number, but not much. And the tenant also elected to make some improvements. It was kind of a, a great deal. I never saw the property. I seen a few photos, but I had a property manager out there, the same person that that helped me buy the property. And uh, it turned out pretty good. It was truly hands-off, truly passive investment, good deal, paid it off free and clear, didn't know anything on it, no interest. And I used that as a down payment as opposed to selling that property. I probably at that time perhaps could have sold it for $85,000, $90,000. It was producing, I think, about sixteen fifty in rent, if I recall correctly. And it no, maybe that one wasn't doing that well. I don't think it was that much rent. It was... I might be confusing that one with another property I had in Idaho. This one might have been under a thousand. At any rate, it was doing well. You know, I had a lot of cash flow. It was, it was paying me back, and you know, frankly, within three or four years, I could have had most of my money back on that property. I probably received twenty thousand dollars worth of my initial investment back when I when I did give it over as a down payment. So I handed the property over, signed paperwork, and you know, we can go through those that process if you're interested in learning how to do something like that. But that's more of a legal question for an attorney. It's it's pretty straightforward, but basically I, I put that up as cross-collateral. Not, not cross-collateral, but cross-collateral is when you put a property up and you don't get rid of it. You're not selling it. You're just putting it up as collateral. This... This was not cross collateral. Uh, this was a an exchange for down payment. It was a, it was a cash value equivalent, and I think I think it may have been about fifty thousand dollar cash value equivalent. So I took a little bit of a hit. I gave it to him based on a seventy percent um, value against its appraised value at that time, and. On the property I purchased, I paid full value for that at the, the, the that estimated full value of the property at the time. So you know, I gave him a better deal than perhaps he gave me, but in exchange, I received an interest rate that was far better than I could have received at that time for myself based on my credit scores, which were not great. Like I said, I started this business with a very very good credit score and then took hits during the credit crisis and was in slow recovery since then. And this was only two years after that. So I wouldn't have qualified for standard lending as well. So this was far and above better than any deal I can get in terms of credit. And in exchange, I gave him a discount on the property that I've already owned free and clear and in all likelihood had broken even at that point anyway. So it was a pretty fair exchange. Had I sold the property, I would have had to put that, the, I would have put the proceeds in, but at that time frame, you know, it, we were uncertain about that. Uh, we would have to vacate the tenants and make additional repairs and go through that process, list it and sell it. And that, that was a time 
that I did not have when I purchased this property. You know, time is of the essence, and since everything came together and we we're willing to work with each other beautifully, I was more than happy to do that. And to this day, I'm happy that I made that decision as well in terms of deal to deal. So that was a good exchange of value. Now, I, over a period of time, did give him another property in exchange for a lower interest rate and then also clearing my books of the debt that I had on the second property, which is hard money loan at 12% interest. And he had paid that off after he bought the property from me. But uh, I, I believe that property was somewhere around 120 to 135 somewhere in that range of value. I owed, I think, 68000 on it. I had some construction costs that were outside of the scope of the loan, which did not amount to much. And so selling it to him, uh, I forget the exact dollar amount, but whatever that dollar amount was, we reduced the note even further. So if I recall correctly, I bought the house about $420,000, $420 plus um, no, yeah, I think just 420 because he did pay it for all the closing costs and then subtract out the amount for that initial down payment of the other property they gave him that I believe was $45,000, $50,000. So we took the 420 reduced that amount by about 50000 and then when I gave him the second house, this was maybe five, six months down the road. I gave him the second house, sold him the second house, and reduced my debt even further than that from the uh, you know from the transfer of of uh, the property and factoring in that I had uh, built-in equity to that property. You know we made that exchange and then lowered the interest rate even more. So we went to I believe about three point four percent interest. I started at four, and then we went down to three point four, and at the end of the day, I think I owed about 370000 380000 I don't have the paperwork in front of me. At any rate, I had a good little chunk paid off at a very low interest rate. Everything was great. The downside to buying this property was that in Texas, your tax rate is closer to 3%. And I am paying a tremendous amount of money every single year on taxes plus I'm running my business and paying for construction and floating the 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 um, you know the expense for the business operations and overhead various other expenses plus my personal expenses and then paying myself paying my wife and paying for my son's private you know uh, school he went to these you know, um, preschools that were very expensive. And uh, at that time, I think he was nearing the end of that and going into going into elementary school. I believe that was all kind of around that time frame. But anyway, so I had a I had all my other debts, and it was easier for me to get a tax loan, which was less than ten percent. And again, for me at that at that time, the rate was was good. And so I got permission from the lender who was the original owner of the property that sold that property to me, and he's the lender. And I got written permission from the lender 
I communicated between the tax loan officer and my lender on the property and put them together and everything was fine. So, you know, full disclosure, when you do a tax loan, the tax debt is superior to your initial loan. Even if it's in first lien position, it gets it gets bumped down to second lien and your second lien gets bumped down to third, so on and so forth. So his debt was subordinated to this tax loan. Those things were known, those things were disclosed, those things were agreed to, and it was something that made sense for me. I'm borrowing on my hard money loans 14, 16, 12, 10. These are high interest loans that I'm borrowing. So a sub 10% interest rate on a tax loan and borrowing for that year to pay my taxes as opposed to spend, you know, which saves me that money, enables me to to reinvest that money into advertising, which gives me a 900% return. Um, at that time, it was a great return on investment for every dollar I spent, I earned $9 back. For advertising, that's good money spent. I'd rather put $10,000 into that and make $90,000 than pay $10,000 and no longer have the, the use of those funds. So it made sense. Now, five years down the road, I, at that point, I think I borrowed three years worth of taxes on this thing, three or four years worth of taxes. And I remember at the end of the day, I owed a total of like $53,000 in taxes, but I was paying the, I was paying it every single month. It was, it was a debt that, that made sense for me. I was making a lot more money using my tax dollars towards advertising towards certain expenses that gave me a better return. So it, it was a good strategy. My lender did not want me to spend any more, uh, to get any more tax loans at that point because it was starting to climb up and I understand that and we did not do any additional loans. At that point in time, he, for other reasons, wanted to reinvest his money because he's only earning 3.4% on my, on my debt and so he contacted a, a property note investor. So a property note investor in town, some local area, I think it was San Marcos, they went ahead and purchased a portion of his, of his uh, monthly payments. So there's, there's various different ways you can do this. When you're buying a note, you can buy the entire note. So let's say, the, the house at that time may have been worth $450,000. So it's worth four fifty. dollars I owed about three eighty dollars at the time, meaning there is theoretically $70,000 in equity. Okay, so um, it's $450,000 minus the three eighty dollars that I owe. That, that equals the amount of equity that's in the property. So there's already that built-in equity. Now, what is owed is $380,000 at 3.4% interest. So those payments go for another, I think it was a 15-year loan, so those payments went for another uh, 11 years, I'd say. And so they, the, the note investor has an option to either buy 
the entire note, the entire $380,000 note, or a portion of the note, which would just pay make, make payments. So say 10 years of payments equals $100,000, just for simple math. They would probably buy the note at $50,000. That gives them a $50,000 profit spread out over 10 years. Okay, so it's a negotiation. They could buy the plus the interest that they're earning on it. They could buy the note at par value, which is the full value of the prop, of the of the note's payments. And if the full value of the note's payments is $100,000, they would pay $100,000. The profit they would make would only be the interest that they receive on the note payments for those 10 years. So let's say that the note payment is a thousand dollars a month that's eleven thousand uh, dollars i'm sorry a thousand dollars profit per month in interest over the principal that would be one thousand dollars per year times ten years equals ten thousand dollars so at the end of the day they spent a hundred thousand dollars on the note and they received a hundred and ten thousand dollars with a ten thousand dollar profit Okay, so that's how that's how a note buyer could purchase. I don't know their agreement. I don't know how they were set up, but I do know that the moment the note buyer purchased a portion of his payments, they immediately sued me for breach of contract because I received a property tax loan a, a while ago, years prior. This information was known. This information was disclosed to my lender. This information was, I received permission, both sides had communication, and I had proof through an email. Now, it took me a long time to find this email. It's something I wrote years and years and years ago, so I had to go back to Google, and I had to find a way to track this thing down and, and get it and have proof that I had it. We all know it happened, but the proof has to be there. So in the meantime, I was sued. So that was tough because I was making my payments. I was performing on my tax loan. I was performing on my mortgage. I've given them two houses and, and walked away from a substantial amount of equity and long-term cash flow on those other properties in exchange for my personal home at a great interest rate paying full retail value at that time and making a tremendous amount of improvements. I upgraded the kitchen, beautiful upgrade. I should take some photos and send it to you guys, but it just I, I put so much money into that kitchen and I did some of it myself, I hired others, but we had nice, we had granite, we had high-end exotic marble in the center island. We expanded out the center island, we put in really nice stainless steel subway tiles all behind the oven we opened up the kitchen even more and added additional um you know additional uh, space for uh you know different cabinetry and setup we put in a, a pot a pot filler um, on the wall so there's a nice extension extension you know stainless steel deal with a pot filler we put in really nice thermidor uh, six burner professional stove matching dishwasher and then we already had a really nice uh, GE monogram eight foot refrigerator 
um, a nice uh, wine cooler, and it was just so beautiful. You know, we had really nice sinks. I put so much time with that. Nice glass uh, inserts for our our um, upper cabinets. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing painted. You know, put in new flooring for the house. Uh, I've put in I put in so much money to that property. Probably easily a hundred thousand dollars worth of improvements. I spent substantially less than that because I did do some of the work myself, and I also hired uh, professional crews for you know flooring and everything else, uh, the marble and stuff like that. But uh, man, it was so nice. So I put a lot of time, effort, money into that property. I love that property. My wife loved that property. We performed on our note, and we still got sued. What am I supposed to do at that point in time? What I did is I negotiated with their attorney directly. I did not hire my own attorney. And I sat and came up with an agreement that we all could live with, which is to pay off the tax loan. So I paid off the tax loan. It took me a couple of months. I reallocated some funds and I paid over $54,000 plus attorney's fees to pay off that tax loan and it was done. There was a discrepancy in accounting, um, on some payments because of the way we had the loan set up initially where they felt that they were due an additional $6,000. So they sued me again to pay this discrepancy. I requested multiple times to get the accounting to figure out where those numbers are because I just paid $54,000. Now, do I want to pay another $6,000? In hindsight, just to walk away, maybe, but I was very upset. I did not feel that that $6,000 was legitimate. I needed proof of where their accounting was, how they factored in there. At that point in time, they had no accounting. The previous lender, who's still an active lender, but you know, basically they're partners now, the, the note buyer and the original owner of the property that sold it to me and is carrying a note. They had been unable to prove exactly how much was owed that didn't change the fact that I was being sued and I had a time frame. So I just paid $54,000. All they wanted to do was to reclaim that property. The note buyer had no interest in my opinion, allegedly had no interest in maintaining and receiving payments. They simply wanted to buy a portion of the note so that they could file a lawsuit and take the house away from me sell it, pay it off, get a maximum return on their money very quickly and move on. That is predatory. I do not, I would never do that to somebody. I don't believe that's right, but it was legal. So what are you supposed to do? At that point in time, I hired somebody and got uh, advice and a strategy to file for chapter 13 bankruptcy reorganization. Now you may say, why not at this time just go ahead and pay that additional $6,000? They wanted the six plus a lot of extra fees and I just paid all that other money. Uh, all the additional capital that I had needed to stay in my business. I wasn't gonna fight this thing. This thing could have cost me tens of thousands of dollars in attorney's fees. A settlement wouldn't have settled the issue 
they were at the point where their intention was to just take the property. And that's how they were from day one. I just didn't think that that would be the case. And, you know, that's why I agreed. Otherwise, I would have just fought it. Or worst case, if I had to walk away from that property, if it meant that I should, I could reallocate all my focus and energy towards my business and keep it afloat. So, you know... That was very, very stressful. That was a tough time. And keep in mind, I do have a net worth of multi-millions at that time and you know, still to this day, but that is, you hear the term real estate rich cash poor. At that point in time, I just spent a lot of money and I have millions out on loans, doing tons of construction, running my business, dealing with countless contractors, you know, I'm busy. I am spending every dime I have reinvesting in the business and building and building and building it. And I did not have the resources and energy to refocus and fight this thing. It, you know, I needed more time. I needed more options. I needed to raise additional capital. And the time frame that I was given from this case did not allow me to push that far. Now, hiring an attorney with a retainer and pushing this thing out even further was a risk that I felt at that time um, with you know just the delay tactic. The best strategy from what I was told is to freeze it. And freezing it caused quite a few additional issues beyond that uh, with other notes and and everything just kind of you know froze up during this process we resolved it after the fact everything had been settled we actually i was able to find that uh, email and prove to the court beyond a shadow of a doubt that the permission was there and that the predatory lending angle is something valid i could easily pursue and go forward and fight this thing whether i'd win or not whether i have you know clear evidence or enough support i don't know it would be speculation but what i do know is that they rescinded everything they stopped oh by the way when they sued me they converted my note from 3.4 percent to 18 percent which is the maximum according to usury law and that I don't even know how much that was. That that accumulated to be quite a large bill at that point. So they 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 reversed that. They walked away from the interest. Uh, they they rescinded their eighteen percent. I did not have to pay any attorney's fees. I did not have to pay the the six thousand uh, dollars the mystery money. I did not have to do anything else. However, my credit was hurt, and I thought that that this, this strategy that I was advised to, to do would allow me the time to cure this, figure this out, fight this thing, get my information, whatever I needed to do to make this thing work and to save my home and to, you know, if there's a valid bill, pay the bill, I'd gladly pay it. Show me what I owe and why I owe it. Where is this amount coming from when we already agreed to a specific amount? and I paid it. Why are you coming back several months later with this new thing? All of that um, 
you know, all of that came to a head. And so the net result was the bankruptcy. I, I was going to cancel my bankruptcy after I won the case because that bankruptcy was intended for financial protection and I needed financial protection and giving myself the opportunity to defend myself and be able to afford to defend myself and giving the time I needed to collect my information in a way that would 100% guarantee that I don't lose my home, that my wife doesn't lose her property, that my, my son doesn't, doesn't have, we don't have to find another place to live. So this was, this was pretty tough, man. This was very devastating for us. And, and anyway, the net result with all of this was that I, uh, um, you know, the case was dropped and then, then I went through the process of selling the house. At that time, I was just ready to move on. I'm like, you know what? I did borrow this money. I did float. It was a bit more expensive than I could afford. And I was burning the candle on both ends. I was borrowing money um, on a tax loan and spending that money for good reason on advertising and overhead. However, if I had earned more money, I would not need to do that. I, I would simply pay my taxes and I would simply use additional capital to advertise and max, max out my advertising expenditures before diminished returns kick in and continue along the path. But as a small real estate investor, as a small business owner and running this business the way I did, it, you know, limited my, my income ability. And that, that was not a bad thing, but you know, I had to, I had to have a, uh, be smart about how I spent my money. So anyway, um, that's, that's pretty much it. That's what happened. We ended up selling the property. We did make some money off the property. We moved on, we downsized and uh, as of 2021, we are in a downsized property and uh, our expenses are very low. We have tremendous equity in this house and I'm very happy with this decision. Long term, you know, I'm able to keep running this podcast. I, I don't really need to work as much anymore. And that one little change did make a big, big difference. So anyway, that was my story. That was very tough to tell you. All of these episodes have been tough to tell you. This, this is this is me unfiltered. This is me, no BS. This is everything I went through. And if this helps you in your career, if this helps you realize that, you know, we're not all get rich quick, instant, super successful, but we're hardworking, we're diligent. We learn from our mistakes and we keep moving forward. If this is beneficial to you, great. Um, it's very difficult for me to say these things, but this does conclude all everything I went through to get to the point where I'm at now. And right now I feel great. I can literally retire right now. And although I wouldn't live with multiple Bugattis and helicopters and, and you know, a bunch of uh, exotic properties in different locations, I can live very comfortably. I never have to pick up a tool. I never have to uh, put on a suit and go to work again. I really truly can just retire right now and kick back. So I'm taking it from here. 
Uh, this is my second career and I want to teach everybody what I've learned and build from here. I have a lot of great things coming up in store. I want to start talking about apartment buildings, start talking about lending opportunities and other ways you can make money in real estate. So stay tuned to those. Thank you for listening. This is Corey Harrington with Flip Connect. I am your host and I look forward to speaking with you next week about fun, interesting, exciting things. Stay tuned.